Hey, thanks for joining us at Praise Chapel. We hope you enjoy this message from our midweek service with Robert Santiago. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at pcparamount.org. Again, we hope you enjoy this message. just bless this message, Father, that you would use me and that uh, you would provide words of comfort, love, mercy, and grace, because we know that's what you're a part of, Lord. And we just thank you, and we honor you this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. I remember specifically when I was asked to be a youth leader, okay, not a youth pastor. I was underneath the youth pastor, and his name was Angel Flores, and I was panicking because I was too busy. You guys ever feel that way? You're just too busy? And the ask was a lot. At what I felt was a lot at the time. Looking back, I don't think it was that much. But it was a lot. And I was like, how am I going to do this? You know, I got college. I'm in school. I'm working. You know, I don't have time for this. I don't know how I'm going to speak into these kids' lives. You want me to preach too? I don't even know how to do that. And it didn't matter. It was just like, look, we're going to put you in this position. We're going to let God do what he wants to do with you. And sometimes you need to let that happen. And then fast forward a few years later, Angel's getting sent out. Okay. He's getting to start a church in San Pedro, if you know the history. And now it was like, um, you know, Pastor Omar is asking me to be a life group leader. And then I go back to Angel. How am I going to do it? I don't know if this is going to work out. I just, I have kids now. I, what do I do with my kids? And, you know, I just thought about the most ridiculous things that kept me away from doing what God wants me to do. And it was just like, I was just trying to find an excuse to say no at that point, right? And, and really, that's what circumstance does, is it builds up walls against what God wants to do in your life. You, when you start to realize your circumstance, and you put your circumstance before your spirituality, your spirituality is going to suffer, amen? And so, I started to think about salvation. Okay. Now when you tie circumstance with salvation, you, you start to realize that there's really no circumstance that can keep you unsaved unless you tell God, I don't want anything to do with you. But in John chapter 12, verse 47, it says, this is Jesus talking. He says, if anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. In that scripture there, we don't see anything about a certain, a certain circumstance where God needs to see in order for him to save you. In other words, it doesn't matter. It's the world. It's every circumstance. It's every person. It is, you don't need to do a certain thing in order to be completely saved. You just need to have faith, amen? Faith in Jesus and in the resurrection. It's not a step-by-step recipe. The only recipe is faith in Jesus. Jesus is the only recipe. There's no equation. In other words, you don't have to have read a verse. You don't have to have, have own a Bible. You can still be saved with limited knowledge of who Christ is. And that's what he said when he says, I came to save the world. It doesn't matter how much you know. It doesn't matter how much money you have in the bank. It doesn't matter how many times you've been through that door. It doesn't matter if you've been baptized in a Catholic church. It doesn't matter. That salvation is simple. It's Jesus. And sometimes we can 
sometimes we just overcomplicate things. You guys ever do that? I do that sometimes. I just overcomplicate things. I really, this is a lot easier than I think. Right? But there are just no steps to enter into Jesus' circle. He's already put you in his circle. You, if you deny him, you're just walking out of it. But you're already in that circle. It was part of who he wanted to do was just put a circle around you to protect you, to give you grace and salvation. Amen? In Galatians chapter 3, verse 28, Paul writes this. He says, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. In Romans 10, 12, he also says this, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. Again, no circumstance can keep you away from him. You don't need to have a title. Amen. You don't need to buy a sandwich in our cafe. <laughs> Amen. There's no circumstance, guys. I like, uh, I don't even know where I got this from. I should have researched it. But it, I have the title here and a person who came up with it. It's The False Promise of Discipleship by Bill Hull. Okay? And he says there's a human paradigm and then there's the Jesus paradigm. Okay? The human paradigm tells you this. It says, go to college, get married, make money, and that'll equal the American dream. Right? I followed that. I, I, honest to God, I followed that. Okay? <laughs> then the other one says, be nice, be good, follow the rules, and people will like you. Well, that just does, that's not true. <laughs> right? That doesn't always work. People are just not going to like you. Right? Okay? In other words, you need to get to X, where X is, that's the goal. But Jesus, it's simple. The Jesus paradigm is easy. There's no steps. You're already in the circle. You're already a part of it. But we sometimes overthink these things, that we need this, we need that, this needs to line up, that needs to line up, and then I will start being a minister of God's word. I'm going to tell you another story. It's not in my notes. And I may have, and you guys may know some of these stories. I've been, I've been living here a long time. <laughs> Everyone asks me, why don't you have your own church yet? Like, <laughs> I don't know, but I'm, I'm enjoying preaching to you tonight, all right? <laughs> Sorry I'm overstaying my welcome for some of you. Let me tell, let me tell, you, let me tell you a quick story. I remember, um, I remember when I first came to church here, I, I was here like two weeks, and Pastor Mondo, okay, who's a, uh, he's a pastor, now. He pastors out, I believe in Torrance, if I get the city right, I, I get them mixed up, but he tells me, uh, two weeks, okay, two weeks, he says, hey, I want you to preach for the youth, I'm like, what? <laughs> Why? He goes, well, I know you've been saved, right, you believe in Jesus, I said, yeah, I believe in Jesus, he goes, I go, what do I preach on, he goes, he goes, just preach on Jesus, I'm like, okay, so I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll preach on Jesus, you know? And, and I remember like, whoa, man, you have no business preaching the word of God. And I'm like, and I'm like, I have no idea what to do. So I called back home where I had gotten saved in San Jose from Northern California. I came out here for school, but I called back home to my pastor there. I said, hey, man, they want me to preach here. I don't know what I got myself into. And he goes, really? I was like, yeah, he's all awesome, go preach. I said, what do I preach on? Just preach about Jesus. <laughs> like, yeah, but what? Like, you know, and so, again, it was just me thinking that mentality of like, hey, are you, you can't preach. Like, you, And then I started reading God's word. And it's like, well, we're all called to preach. 
In other words, there's no circumstance that tells you, oh, you need to preach now. No, you could be at a gas station and God will tell you, hey, I need you to talk to that person. You need to preach to them. You know, that's the form of preaching. It doesn't need to be on a microphone. It doesn't need to be on a stage. But rather, God just wants to use the reflection of him inside of us sometimes. And it's not our duty to bottle that up because it's so powerful. When people see Jesus inside of you, they begin to change on even limited words. It's a spiritual thing that begins to take place that we don't see all the time. So it's just maybe a smile or a hello to somebody, and it sparks a conversation that can change a life. Amen. There are people, there are leaders in this church where I know that to be true. It was a simple conversation. It was just a hello. Hey, welcome. Hey, you're welcome here. This is your home. Just being nice, and that begins to change. And before you know it, they have their own church. Amen? In other words, it's not a circumstance. You don't need to walk through these doors to think, oh, hey, I need to be, I got to have money in the bank. They're taking offering. You know, it's not about that. It's really about saving souls. Amen? In 1 John chapter 2, verse 16 through 17, it says this, For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but the world. The world and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God, he lives forever. In other words, we're not called to, to follow a set of rules. I was talking to people, you know, trying to tell people about Jesus, and even at work, and they say, well, that's just a rule book. Like, I can't do this. I can't do that. They're looking at everything they can't do rather than everything that is positive that comes out of that book. They're forgetting, like, and really it's you. You're the only part that could say, look, this book changed my life. You know, and I've read, I've read other books, not the Bible. I know. I'm confessing. All right. <laughs> I've read some fiction this early year, and I've told people, hey, this is a good book. This book helped me. You know, and it's the same thing when I look at the Bible, it's like, hey, no, this book changed my life. This book changed my life. Let me tell you, there's a lot of bad things in this book, but they're, they're there, so I don't have to do them here. Amen? But again, we're not, follow, you know, we're not following a set of rules. We're following a set of teachings. Say it with me, teachings. We're following a set of teaching. Jesus, if you didn't know that Jesus was a teacher, that's what he did. That's why he was so awesome in the way he talked to people. And people listened. He taught so well. Amen. So in other words, it's just about freedom and salvation. It has nothing to do with circumstance. And it's not a rule book. If you're here tonight and you think the Bible's a rule book, I'm here to tell you it's not a rule book. It's a book of teachings to say, hey, look, this is how you should live your life. Amen. And if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. It's going to be one of my larger texts today. But we're going to be looking at the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. See, I'm preaching about Jesus today. (laughs) When in doubt, preach about Jesus, right? He's the reason for the season. But in Luke chapter 18, verse 9, it says, "...to some who were confident of their own righteousness..." And look down on everybody else. Jesus told this parable. In verse 10, two men went up to the temple to pray. And the Pharisee, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. If you don't know the difference, the Pharisees were were these strong-willed people that knew about the Bible, that taught the the Bible, and they they, they taught about the the things of God. But they were kind of haughty. They were kind of prideful people, okay? And the tax collector was this person that was looked down on because he was just about money. He was just about you know, just about things that weren't important. And not only that, he's here to take your money, you know? So people don't like tax collectors, you know? 
But in verse 11, it says the Pharisee stood by himself and he prayed. Look at what the, look how the Pharisee prayed. He said, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. So there's his prayer. Well, that's kind of, that's kind of weird, right? That's, that's kind of a selfish prayer. But verse 13, this is heavy here. Look at verse 13. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. That's his prayer. Okay? And this is what Jesus says. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Amen. It's important for you to realize that you have to get back to fundamentals. And I want to just challenge you with this, church. Some of us may have dropped some pieces in our spirituality this past year. And this is why I wanted to preach this message. Because we can go throughout the year and we cannot be spirit-filled as we started at the beginning of the year. In other words, we probably stumbled on some things or we made a huge mistake that just impacted our life. You know, or maybe it's a bunch of little mistakes that just drew you a little farther away from God. But those pieces can still be picked up. See, there's not a circumstance here. All right? You don't have to be fool and you have everything together to accept Christ. Amen? He'll make everything complete. Regardless of the pieces that have fallen off of you, Christ can put all those pieces back together and it can happen immediately. Amen? So it's important that we not only when we pray, we pray for our sin. We pray for the mistakes that we made. For the times... We probably should have been in church and we were somewhere else that we shouldn't have been. For the fights or with our spouse or, or for the fights with people in the church, something that drew you away from God. Those circumstances cannot block your spirituality, amen? amen. It's fundamental. I think sometimes we come to, I remember when I started coming to prayer here on Saturday mornings, and this is a plug, amen, you have to pray for a while. You can't just be like, Lord, thank you for the day, and bank account's doing all right. You, you got to pray for a good 30 minutes, and then we pray together for another 30 minutes. You know, so you know when you come across, you start to think about your life. You really examine yourself. It's better than that five-minute prayer where you're just saying, oh, I pray for my wife, that she loves me. <laughs> Like the tax, you know, like, like the Pharisee here. Lord, I pray that, you know, hey, you get me a Ferrari. Those are like the five-minute prayers. Lord, help me, you know, like. But you really need to say, Lord, I sinned. This is what I did. Lord, I messed up. That's a true relationship. It's not a, it's not a Christmas list, right? It's a true relationship when you're actually having a conversation. I remember when I first came to the Lord, I, I, someone told me to say, you know, pray. And I was watching them pray because I didn't really know how to do it. But I remember telling myself in my head, like, it wasn't out loud because I was too embarrassed. But I said, God, what's up? How you doing? Hey, you know what? It started a conversation. I don't know how. But I started crying. You know, sometimes, sometimes you just need to say, you know what, God? I'm here. I don't know what to tell you, but I love you. I'm messed up. I messed up this past week or, hey, you know, I keep messing up and I'm, you know, I'm mean to my spouse or, you know, I, I keep fighting with everybody at work or I'm just not a good reflection of you. You know, those are good convert. Those are good prayers right there. 
you know, and, and, and it's important that we just take a step back. It's not about, Lord, help me, you know, um, I, I, need to, I need to do this in the church or I'm stressed out. It's like, Lord, let's pray for something that is significant. Amen. Lord, I'm dry. I'm, I, I need more of your spirit because it, it is dry over here and I don't feel like reading my Bible. Just be honest with him. Amen. Because it is a relationship, but it's not too late. At any point, you can do those things. Amen. Because you are significant. You're significant. There's not a circumstance that makes other people more significant to God. You're just significant. You're already in the circle. To him, you're exactly where he wants you. But if you walk out of that circle, you're doing it to yourself. He's not pushing you out. You have to walk out of that circle. Amen? But you are significant to God, not because of all the right things you do in your life, but rather because of all the sin that he can cure in your life. Okay, it doesn't matter like, oh, you know, I do this, I do that. I'm a good person. You just need to worship God and you need to come to church to do that. Amen. Amen. You need to do that and you need to spend time with him. You tell him, look, I sin and you need to have that relationship, a true relationship. Not a relationship of just ask and receive. Amen. Again, it's not about how much you attend church or how much Bible studies you've taught. It's about your reflection and faith in Christ. It's simple. We don't need to overthink it. And I, the reason why I wanted to share this with you today is because as we think about, and we're coming into this new year, I know a lot of us like to reset a lot of things in our lives, but when you, when you examine your life, examine that, those pieces that fell off this year. And you hold on to those pieces a little bit tighter this coming year. You know, but regardless, you're still rich. You have Christ in your life, you're still rich in your life. Amen. Amen. Don't let a circumstance determine or take a smile away from you. All right, you wake up, you thank God every day. Hey, I'm here. Praise God, I got a good church. Amen. I got people that'll pray for me. I got a life group. I got people that, that really care about me. Don't let the enemy tell you that nobody cares about you. Look at everybody else hanging out on Instagram. It's not about that. All right? I don't hang out with a lot of people. But I got a lot of people praying for me, so I win. Amen? So pick up those pieces. Some of us took steps backwards, your spiritual walk, but Christ is still beside you and waiting to walk with you. Amen? And so I I just want you guys to just, let's, let's just bow our heads. Let's go before the Lord real quick. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.